Well, what's going on, Open House Podcast family? It's your boy, Chris House. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the Open House Podcast. Whether this is your first time listening or if you've been here for a while, let me let you know that I am so appreciative and thankful for the time that you set aside to be here with us in the house today. Well, today we're going to be talking about something that's very near and dear to my heart, which is songwriting. I know many of you listening are worship leaders, your musicians and songwriters who serve in worship music ministry at your church. And oftentimes we are serving our local church house, but we are singing songs written by other people. Nothing wrong with that at all. There's so much amazing music here in the world that we can sing. But there's something very special about being a songwriter and a worship leader and being able to sing songs and minister songs that come from your local church. There's a connection that you have to those lyrics, to those moments, to those moves that you've documented through song. And the way that they translate to your local church body is something that is hard to articulate and explain. And it's something that has to be experienced, man. So today I've got two of my friends who are joining us here in the house who are amazing, very talented, very skilled worship leaders, musicians and song writers. One of my friends who's joining us today is my brother Vaughn Phoenix. Vaughn is married to Latia Vaughn, my sister, and they have five beautiful children together. Vaughn is a native of the superpower, world-changing state of Virginia, where we both were born and raised. Two up, two down, Virginia, stand up. (laughs) Vaughn is an amazing musician who now resides in the windy city of Chicago, Illinois, and is serving at the All Nations Church with All Nations Music, And I've had the awesome privilege to write songs with Vaughn for Bishop Paul S. Morton and the Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship, along with some other artists. But Vaughn is a super gifted, award-winning, stellar, dove, Grammy award-winning songwriter who's also written for William Murphy, our sister Tasha Cobbs Leonard, Todd Delaney. He's even worked with producer Teddy Riley. Aaron Lindsay, and even Ty Dollar. So not only does Vaughn write for the church, but his musical genius can be felt and heard throughout the entire world. And that's what I'm talking about, man. A total kingdom takeover. Yes, sir. So I know Vaughn is going to give us some great insight on songwriting today. We got a double treat. Not only is my boy Vaughn joining us in the house, but my other friend and brother, Jeremiah Carlson, will be in the house as well. Jeremiah and I have recently written songs together for the Chapel Church and Freedom Life Church, the Sound of Freedom here in Virginia. He's also living and residing in Chicago, Illinois, and is serving as a worship pastor of the Chapel Church there in Chicagoland. They have probably a hundred locations there. Okay, it's not a hundred, but they've got quite a few. And he's overseeing all of that worship music ministry there. Jeremiah is a husband. He's a father of three children. He's a preacher, a songwriter, producer, musician, plays multiple instruments, drums, guitar, keyboard, and has vocal ability out of this world. So I hope you all are ready for this conversation that I had with my two brothers. We talked about writing for the local church, how to do that, how to test out your songs, knowing the sound of your church, and so many other great topics. So I know you're going to enjoy it. So get ready. Let's go into the house. Remember... 
what happens in this house doesn't have to stay in this house so please share this podcast with your songwriting friends and let's get ready to go into the house the open house let's go well the doors of the house are open man i'm so glad to have my friends jeremiah carlson and my boy von phoenix here at the open house podcast what's going on fellas how y'all doing man Great. What's up, Chris? Y'all doing good, man? Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. I mean, awesome. I, I, I have two people here representing the Windy City, so they're both in, in Chicago. It's not too windy right now, but uh, it's going to get hot in a few more months, so get ready. Right. It's going <laughs> to be, it's gonna the gonna be the day. Right? Yeah. We don't know. Go by the end it's going to be the muggy, muggy city. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. That, that, now that I know. Man, well, guys, today, man, I have you all here. We're going to talk to the Open House Podcast family about writing for the local church. Both of you are amazing songwriters, uh, producers, had the privilege of writing some songs with both of you all. So um, I know that the content you're going to give us today is going to be great, uh, especially for the local church context. You both serve at... Um, Huge churches. I'm just going to say that uh, churches that have multiple locations uh, in multiple cities and states. Uh, so writing for the local church for you guys is more than just one specific building location. But writing for your local church or for the, the sound of your church is really uh, something that you all literally do <laughs> regularly. <laughs> it's something that you all live, not just when it's time to record, but just something that you do all the time. So I know that what you all have will be very valuable to our listeners, man. So like I was saying, every local church, right, has a culture and an identity, right? Um, you know, like those certain things that make that church unique and special. And I think a part of, of church's unique identity is the atmosphere, Um and the sound that's man, maintained by the worship ministry at that church. So, uh, Vaughn, I'll start with you. Why is the sound of your church so important? Or let's say it this way, better yet, why is knowing the sound of your church so important? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, first of all, again, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, man. And uh, I, I'll pray that I don't say anything that... Uh, um, <laughs> either gets you kicked off a of podcast nation or uh, oh, man. <laughs> and no. I pray today is not the day that everybody finds out that I'm really a fraud. Um, no, no, <laughs> no, I'm messing. <laughs> uh, so I think about that every time I write a song though, honestly. Um, no, uh, I think, I think knowing the sound is important for a few reasons. One, I think sound accompanies a couple of things. One of the companies, the vision of that house, right? So normally um, I've, I've had the pleasure of serving some, you know, some great men, um, and you know, a few of them. And, um, it's, it's amazing to me to be able to shift the way, you know, I've been able to, uh, in the past years of my life, uh, the past decades specifically, um, that sound always accompanies what's coming from the top down. Um, because I, I firmly believe that God gives a vision to that leader and that team for those people. And, and the second thing is that the sound represents who you're called to. Um, I, I hear a lot of um, hear a lot of people saying, oh, we want to do this. 
oh, why don't we sing more songs in Spanish? Well, it's because we don't have any Spanish speaking members or <laughs> partners. So it wouldn't be relevant. It may be cool, right? But right. it wouldn't be relevant. And I think um, that is the, the word that sums it all up is, you know, if you want to be relevant to who you're called to, then you need to make sure that uh, you're, you're presenting um, something that that coincides, that undergirds. Uh, that's my church word for the day. Yes. Um, that 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 supports the vision of that house, and I and I think that's the reason why knowing that sound is so important. Yeah. And it'll tell you who to hire and who to fire. <laughs> you know, it's it's super important. Yeah, that's great. How you may mention that is a it's an extension of the vision of the house, right? So, so Jeremiah, knowing the sound of your house is really tied, connected to knowing the season that your church is in. Um, yeah. I know all of us, we wrote, we, well, we write for our local church, but every season is kind of different. Um, can you speak to that a little bit, Jeremiah, knowing the season of your church and how that um, how that pertains to what your church sounds like and feels like on a week-to-week basis? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's actually a really good question, I think, for our context right now at the chapel, in that we are uh, a church that has been um, evolving quite um, in a beautiful way over the past, I'd say, eight or nine years, where the chapel used to be a very... uh, and the best way to describe it was a seeker sensitive church. So very majoring in production and culture of excellence. Um, and our senior pastor had really just uh, pretty much a paradigm shift in theology and culture and, and adopting more of a kingdom Holy spirit filled paradigm. And so when I came to the chapel, it was with the intention, cause that's where I come from. I was, I was uh, raised and pretty much trained in the vineyard movement, uh, which is very, you know, Holy Spirit kind of filled, focused kingdom theology. And so it's been an evolving um, story here at the chapel and one that's still unfolding before us right now. And and so I, I would say that we are in the middle, and this might actually be helpful for churches that are trying to discover, like, what is our sound? You know what I mean? Um, because I really feel like right now we're right in the thick of it. And I think part of that, to Bond's point, is knowing your people um, and also knowing the heart posture of what I'd call like the father or the the father and mother, the parents of the house. Um, but the beautiful thing about it, um, at least in our context right now, is that our worship pastors, we have one ear uh, to what what our people like our saying and singing and how they're acting and their stories. Uh, and then we're listening to our pastors and, and what sermon series we're going in. And then we have just one ear to heaven. And, uh, and I think the sonic sound, so to speak. So I think there's a very spiritual aspect of the sound, right. But then the, the real sonic genre, for lack of better words, I think really comes from um, just the culture which you live in. You have to really honor that. And so we're in a really interesting season right now where we're looking at, you know, we live up in the northern suburbs of Chicago. And, uh, you know, to Vaughn's point, like we have a a very large Hispanic population and we're going like, you know, having come from a more seeker, largely white expression 
you know, since I've been here, now we're starting to go like, how do we actually not only embrace the the language of the kingdom as it relates to uh, flowing with the Holy Spirit, but also the diversity of the kingdom, like the full range uh, spectrum of all, like, I mean, no pun intended, but all nations, you know what I mean? <laughs> like this is the kingdom is is every tongue, every tribe, every nation. And how do we actually represent that well at the chapel? Um, and so I think it's extremely important, um, but it, it takes a lot of patience because it doesn't happen overnight. And that's what we've been finding here at the chapel, at least. Totally true, man. I love how you brought up the the word diversity. You all know that that's a big thing that I, that I, I do. That's, that's who I am. I'm like the, the diversity guy. <laughs> that's just a part of the call of my life. Um, and, and and I love that you brought that up, the diversity of sounds in your church. The good thing about about all three of us, not to toot our own horns, but we all come from, uh, I like to call it like a gumbo of worship experiences. Um, like you say, you come from the vineyard movement. Uh, me and Vaughn have Pentecostal backgrounds, being born and raised Kojic. You know, I'm Baptist in full gospel, which is a merge of the two. Um, so we, we, co- we, we come from a multiplicity of worship expressions and experiences. And I think that attributes and that um, helps us in our songwriting for the local church. We aren't just so tunnel vision. We know how to um, adapt to the house that we're in because we've been exposed to that. And I think as songwriters, that's a great uh, tool and tip you can take away from, from our conversation today is diversify your sound, diversify your experiences and what you're listening to um, because that helps when you're writing for the local church, it's like you saying, um, Jeremiah, you got a big Hispanic um, population up there. But if you have no proximity to any Spanish culture, you're going to be like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. Uh, and you have missing <laughs> out, you know, and then vice versa. I mean, if you go, if you have a campus where um, you have a lot of black people there and you don't have any experience with gospel music or anything like that, you're like, well, I don't know what to do here either. So we, we, we have a job and a responsibility to be diverse, even in our uh, what we listen to and, and how that attributes to how we write for our local churches. You know what I mean? Um, so in, in talking about that, all right, Yvonne, whew, these singing, doing these original songs, yeah. song, songs that you write for your church. I know we probably have some people listening who are writing for their church or who are looking to write for their church. Um, how do you, how do you test out original songs at your church? Like, how do you do that? <laughs> this is a fun question <laughs> <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Well, I think you have to, it starts with what type of church you have, right? So, and, and how far these songs are going. So if you have a church like, all nations, which we have a partnership with RCA Inspiration. So chances are, if we are coming up with the original material, which we do a lot, it's going to end up, you know, it's with the purpose of um, normally toward a project or something like that. And we, we coupled that along with whatever, you know, um, uh, uh, Dr. Stevenson is, you know, teaching, which is gumbo in itself. Right. Uh, so... Testing out material. So I, I was the worship pastor for uh, Bishop William Murphy, and he taught me something that I'll never forget. And he said, 
you know what? If there's no response in rehearsal, it's probably not going to be any response on Sunday morning. Right. And that was after we crashed and burned twice in a row. Right. And it wasn't really a crash and burn, but you know him. is like a crash and burn is if we didn't, if we are not rolling under the seats. When, when this is it that literally opened up over us. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> it was a fan. Yeah, you had you had you had a full fifteen minutes to open heaven and nothing happened. That means that the song didn't carry anything. Um, so, so first of all, uh, I'll say three things. One, the content that you write has to be relevant, right, to whatever your house is or whatever the moment is. Um, and then the and then the second thing is when we test it out, rehearsal is first. Like if God responds in rehearsal, chances are He's going to respond on Sunday morning. So that's the first test. The second thing is when you're re- when you're leading a large body of people, where with all nations, you know, at at one point we were at three services, which at, and at the end of every service there's a line around the corner. And so you have three different groups of people every week that you have to, you know what I mean, lead into worship. Um, And so with that being said, something I always recommend is I start uh, the first time we sing something. I would always start with, hey, this is the part that everybody can sing. Right. So we'll have the band if it's a, a high energy song. We'll start in the chorus or if there's some O's or something like that. And we'll teach it to everybody with just the piano, like right there. It only takes about less than 60 seconds. You know, hey, we're going to sing, I don't know, God Chaser. And then you say, you know, I'm a God Chaser, God Chaser, because I love you. I'll chase you forever. And you say that. And then you say, now you do it. And then they'll sing it back. And what that does is, number one, you invite them into the, the experience because, again, this is not a moment. This isn't tour, right? This yeah. is a worship experience, and it's not a worship experience unless everybody's involved. It only works if we all do it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the the key with that is giving everyone an opportunity to participate. So, if I give it to you first, at least by the second time we do the chorus, you're gonna you're gonna be involved, and you're not worshiping the screens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? What do we say next? You know, so that's the way I would I would, you know, introduce a new song to everybody. Yeah. No, that's that's good, man. That's that's good. That's a those are good tips just for introducing new songs, period, whether they're original or not. <laughs> that's a great way to introduce songs. But especially if you're doing something original that nobody literally has ever heard before. Never and, heard it. Yeah. And they don't know you. Right. Right. <laughs> you can do it Sunday morning. So Jeremiah, um, talk about that a little bit as well as um I know you mentioned before how sermon series and certain se- seasonal situations kind of um uh result in songs oftentimes. Um I was listening to a, one of my friends, great amazing writer uh, Jonathan Nelson. And he said, I get a lot of my songs just by listening in church. Like the message, I just listened. Like in Sunday school, I just listened. And that's what gave me inspiration for a lot of my songs. So um, talk to that a little bit, Jeremiah, about writing around um, or how sermon series can inspire songs for your local church, as well as how you all um, kind of introduce original songs at the chapel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd say, I mean, the, the most important thing is just just having 
ears to hear, you know, like sometimes I, I feel like, um, you know, if we're not intentional about asking the Holy Spirit to give us um, ears to hear, we're not going to, I mean, we can hear a bunch of content, but the, you know, we all know like churches are content machines, right? Like, or at least they should be. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, but that's our job is to, is to create beautiful content that, that reflects Jesus and his heart to, to the nations. Um, so it can become really easy for us to get caught up in the hustle and the bustle of like our daily responsibilities. So if you're a worship pastor, like, man, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to keep PCO up to date, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, like, and, and so you can get caught up in that grind. And so it's just being at a place where you're asking the Holy spirit, like, give us ears to hear God, like help me to um, hear your voice through this message and then taking notes in our context, because we have, um, you know, we, we, we have 10 campuses. And so each campus has their own, their own worship pastors. Um, we, we get the opportunity to have a lot of different voices. And so when we ask those questions, we actually have a weekly worship pastor meeting, Mm -hmm. um, where we get together. And, uh, part of that meeting is, um, checking in on how we're doing personally in our own life or when our walks with Jesus, how we're growing. But then part of that meeting also is like, what is God saying? Like, what is he saying in and through you right now? And we just take note of that. And, and as we take note of it, um, when we go into our, um, our monthly, we have a monthly uh, songwriting meeting that we have. Um, and then we do regular songwriting retreats as well. We kind of bring those notes with us and we go, okay, Lord, like here's some of the themes here. Here's kind of what we're sensing. And then we just, uh, then we just start writing. And, you know, we had the honor of having you, Chris, at our last retreat, which is really beautiful. Yeah, so much fun. Um, so but uh, I'd, I'd say as, as far as it relates to introducing new, new songs, um, uh, at your church. I mean, Vaughn, that I was taking notes as you're talking. So (laughs) that's actually really, really good. I think that the chapel, I would say I like introducing new songs, like original songs, isn't, um, new to me and my con, you know, in my personal life and, you know, throughout my different experiences at different churches, but at the the chapel, it's actually a new thing. Like we've only been introducing new songs like a, as a, of a year ago. Um, and so it's one of those things where in this particular context, we're learning how to actually uh, gauge because the, like our, our congregants, our people, our family, they're just now really coming alive to the reality that the Holy Spirit is real and Jesus is alive in our midst. He's not just an ideology or a theology or a philosophy. He is the living, breathing God who can change anything at any time for anyone. And he's in our midst. And so we're learning, like, how are these people responding? And, uh, you know, cause there's some, there's still some weekends, bro. We're really tilling the ground here. There's some weekends, like we're, you know, we're, we're celebrating the reality of who Jesus is and, and we're flipping out and you look at it, the congregates and like, you know, we got a bunch of white Norwegian cultured people, right. like literally looking at you, like, you know, like, they, they have no clue what's going on, you know? And, uh, but that's not to, that's not to shame them or anything like that. It's just, it's the reality of the the cultural context that we're really, we're really cultivating this ground. And, and we're, we're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of fruit as of, as of this last year, man, God's really been breaking through. So, so we're still discovering that man. So Vaughn, man, listen, bro, 
I'll, I'll, I'll buy lunch, dude. You, you come and give me all your best tips, bro. <laughs> man, listen, I'll bring a lunch. It's easy. All right, man. So much of what you said was just so good. I was trying to take notes and remember it as you were talking, but especially, um, I think that what we all can realize is that certain, um, seasons of our church result in a certain, um, sound that we are able to produce and the response of people in that season often inspires us for songwriting and just song selection period of what we do. And what I love how both of you said, most people think writing for your church is just like this osmosis thing. You just wake up in the third realm and you just, Oh, I got songs for my church. But what we, what you both said is that there's preparation there's there's actually a plan of how that happens. You know, you yeah. have weekly meetings. You see what's God been saying at your campus? What's God been saying? Yeah. Okay, let's write songs around that. It's not, let's just write what we're feeling and push it on the church yeah. because we want it to really be a reflection of what's happening in this house. So yeah. if you're experiencing miracles after miracles after miracles for a season, you about to, you about to start writing about miracles. And, That's right. you know, stuff that blesses your house ends up blessing the nations and blessing the world, but because mm-hmm. you've had an ear to heaven and you've been obedient to what Holy Spirit is saying and you've been attentive and been a good steward over that and not uh, miss those moments, not just glossed yeah. over, this has happened and you just write yeah. it off like, okay, well, we had good church. No, you want to capture that because yes. we're not actually, you know, capturing songs. We like capture moments and you yeah. want to document those and you use songs to document those, man. Um, man, all, all of them. To that, yeah. Chris, because I yeah, got excited. On, uh, one of the things that I, I want to, uh, maybe there's somebody that, that you know, uh, that can identify with this. Um, for me, it's an interesting thing with what you said, right, as far as being inspired um, through, I don't know, new music or whatever that you may hear. I don't really listen to the radio, pray for me. Um, but uh, the challenge for me during the season was that, you know, you know, for me, I write all genres of music. Yes. And you have to be so careful. You have to be so careful to that, that line between what's cool and what's necessary for the moment. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I told our writers at our church, we're raising up new writers. I, I hope we have a hundred writers by the end of the year. Yeah. One, it would make my job a lot easier. And, and, and two, um, it, it, it enables us to give more content to the world. Um, and some of those may not be, you know, I don't know what a Christian writer is, but some of them may not write, you know, songs that we sing on Sunday morning. Um, but, but one of the things that's so important is to have clear lines on what Jeremiah was saying about what is God saying, right? But not only what is he saying, what is he saying to us? Because like this yeah. is about songs that are in the house. There are yeah. certain songs that I sing in my own worship time, right Right. right before I do a Ty Dollar song. <laughs> there are songs that I may do in my own worship time that no one may ever hear. Right. And it's not for them, right? But the challenge is if you're gifted to do something, um, it may be a really good song, right? And then you start, mm-hmm. you want to 
force this right. on someone. And I have done this. I, I don't. Nobody else has to admit this. I've done this where I've had this incredible moment in the God's presence. And I'm like, oh, God, I can't wait till Sunday. And I get on the piano. And I'm, I'm like, man, let me sing this song. <laughs> and there is no response. Not because it's a different culture. Not because the yeah. song may not have been good. It's because it is not theirs. Right. It doesn't yeah. belong yeah. to them. It's not yeah. for them. It wasn't. It was a moment of worship. It's like taking a private conversation between you and your wife and then yeah. blurting it out on stage. We did not come for that. That right. feels a little bit personal, and now I'm uncomfortable. And so now you're bringing your private time with Jesus. And at the same time, there is a level of relationship that is on display when we sing these songs. And the reason why it's it's much better to, to be inspired from what's being preached or whatever series we're in is because there's a level of conviction that comes with that. And without conviction, all we have is a bunch of cool words on paper with some melodies to it. So I think it's just really important to understand that line between, you know, even this may not even be a production thing, right? This may not ever go on the album, but we need to sing this over our house so God mm -hmm. can do what he desires to do. Yeah. yeah. So good. Hey, I got a couple of things to add to you real quick, man. I totally, you know, was thinking as Vaughn was chatting, um, but a couple, a couple of tools that we've used in the past, and uh, this is at some of the other churches that I've pastored at, was just the question, how do you invite your congregants into the front end of new songs being introduced, especially original songs? And so we actually created a pool, a population of people who, went, after we would record a demo, we just sent them all the demos. And, and we had like a survey, like rank rank these songs and mm -hmm. and it wasn't like a ranking like what's your favorite song it was the questions are like which songs did you feel uh, a couple questions which songs did you feel were easiest to sing to so that's one question uh probably a more important question to me personally is which songs did you feel god meets you in more powerfully and when you get this information it's you know it, it's it's helpful uh to to be able to go okay like if you get people in on the front end, it can help you out as it relates to what songs you're going to introduce to the church or even maybe record for a project. The other thing, and this is kind of the piggyback off of what Vaughn was talking about earlier, was, you know, you might be at a church where, you know, your senior pastor doesn't really have like a big passion for songwriting or understand it, you know, so they, they don't really speak that language. And so then the question is, well, like, how do I know what's appropriate, what's not appropriate? when to introduce something, if it's right for the people or not. And I would say that it's okay sometimes to pastor, pastor people into the songs. And so Vaughn was talking earlier about teaching the song and that that's part of pastoring the song, but also just, um, you know, one of the biggest things that, uh, the biggest convictions that I have is like, as worship pastors, we are called to be discerners of the difference between manipulation and invitation. And in church culture, uh, the only difference between manipulation and invitation is heart intention, right? Mm -hmm. And so something that I could say, like, come on, guys, sing along to this. If I'm if I'm saying that out of insecurity, that's manipulation. But if I'm saying that out of love, because I want them to encounter the King of Kings, that's invitation. And so 
we need to check our we need to check our hearts and say jesus give me your heart of love to serve your people well with new songs um so that when i'm introducing it i don't feel the personal pressure for the song to go over well or not like i'm simply just asking people hey i know this amazing guy named jesus and he's he's raised from the dead do you want to come commune with him because he paid a dear price for it who wants in? Raise your hand. I mean, literally, I will say that at church sometimes. Raise your hand if you want a radical encounter with Jesus. Dude, people, they raise their hands. I was like, okay, keep those hands up and let's see what the Holy Spirit does. And the difference is, is my heart is a pastoral heart saying, lift them up, Jesus, versus uh, an a insecure heart saying, oh God, help, help me feel like I'm a successful worship pastor. I, I need people to engage. And, and if we do find that in our heart, then we just simply need to repent. Right, because uh, because there's pressure to introduce new songs because that's the, that's the cool thing to do. Everybody, you know, ten years ago, you know, uh, there you know there were a handful of churches like doing songs. Now that, that recording so easy, anybody can record it. Like every church and their mom is recording new songs, and so there can be this pressure sometimes for churches and worship pastors to go. Not only do I need to write a song for my church, but I need to write a song for the whole world. Because yeah, yeah. that comes from a place of insecurity and me needing to feel like I'm significant to somebody when Jesus has called us to, to work from our significance, never for it. And, and so that, that I would always just say that, like, just lay your heart before the Lord, be willing to say, like, to Vaughn's point, if all this song ever does, is stay between you and me, Jesus, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. That's all I ever needed because you're, you're, you're my first love. And if and and then if it if it blesses my community, oh Jesus, thank you! I can't believe that you would use me in such a way to bless my community. And if it goes beyond beyond that, then praise the Lord. It's all for His glory, right? But we need to start to think as songwriters and as producers and as people who God's entrusted to write His heart in song form. We need to start thinking uh, not future backward, but but present forward. Like we need to start thinking like our people first, you know. Uh, and, and, and Acts that says that he's going to call them to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. It doesn't say the ends of earth, Samaria, and Judea. Does that make sense? Like, right. we need yeah. to start in our Judea and then see what the Lord does with it. Man, that's so good, Jeremiah. Woo, that's good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll give you credit the first time I see it. Right, <laughs> right. We are definitely going to hear that again somewhere. Somewhere you're going to hear it. That's so key. I love what you were talking about. I did another. Uh, episode with uh, Casey J and Ty Galbraith, and we were talking about the ambition uh, that local worship leaders have to be national artists and have that platform. And both of them said, um, basically, don't neglect your now for your next. You're so you're so worried about reaching the nations that you that you discount the local encounters at your local church every single week. Like they are very important, and as songwriters. You know that right for our local church and for other people. Sometimes you, like you say, you feel that pressure to have to write for the world, but you neglect the people that you see in every week. And not only That's do right. our songs bless the people every across the nations, but our songs help disciple people. Like That's they right. disciple, they shape theology and and really some song. I, we were talking on the podcast and we were saying some of the scriptures we didn't even know that they were scriptures, but we learned them from a song. Yeah. Like you hear it in a song and then you read it in the Bible and like, oh, that's that song that Fred was singing. And that's that song. Like, so scripture and what we do in the local church 
it uh it has it's important it's vital it's yeah it's vital we cannot neglect that we can't forget we can't be so focused on the nations that we forget about Judea <laughs> you know that's right that's, up, that's right I'm, I'm running up. Because, no, because Chris knows this story. I, I I used to serve at this church called New St. Mark Church of God in Christ. God in Christ. Um, yes. New St. Mark Church of God in Christ. And that's a that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of words. That's a lot. Love like it. now we have church called Church. <laughs> Whatever happened to the Church of? Anyway, that's awesome. Um, but I was I was now this is what's funny. This was not a money gig, right? This was um, this was. Um, you know, I really felt called to the ministry. It was new. And we were just doing stuff, man. It wasn't, we weren't looking to get on. Like, this is before the worship leader artist craze came in. Mm. And I'll never forget a couple of things. One, I wrote this song. There's two two very significant moments. I wrote this song called Love You Forever. And I was just, you know, running around town with my band, singing it wherever I could sing it. And then I wrote another song um, one evening. Um, there's this book called God Chaser. Yeah. And I'll never forget opening up that book. And all I read till this day, and I'm sorry, Tommy Tenney, like the only part I've read <laughs> of that book is a God Chaser is a person whose hunger exceeds their reach. Uh, I I was set on fire and I had to leave worship that night. Worship team had no idea what was getting ready to happen. I sit down to the keyboard and I just start singing, I'm a God chaser. And it was slow, you know, God chaser, because I love you, I'll chase you forever. And the entire room just, they were invited into my conviction. Mm. They were invited into a moment. Now, this is one of those times where I had an encounter that was, thank you, God. It was so much bigger than I was that I had to share it. This was not a personal moment. And I discerned that, that this was something that God wanted us to sing over the house. Well, yeah. two things happened after that. I had no idea. My pastor had given me a word of knowledge that said, hey, you're not going to be here much longer. I sat and I cried because I said, well, where else am I going to go? And mm. I ended up in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and, and I joined a church called Dream Center Church of Atlanta. Mm. Happened to be uh, William Murphy was the pastor there, but I sat in the back. I didn't want anybody to know that I knew how to play anything, knew how to sing anything. I just wanted God. And mm. um, eventually he found out and he's like, God, I've never done this before, but you need to you need to be here full time. You don't need to be playing somewhere else. And why didn't you tell me? And it was this whole thing. So, right. well, here's what happened. He gets ready to record. He goes, I want you to play on my recording. Do you have any music? And I'm like, man, I said, well, I got this one song. And then I start playing God Chaser. He said, I'm recording that. Don't give that to anybody. I was like, oh, cool. That's nice. So how does this work? Because I knew how R&B and, and pop and all this stuff work. I was like, this is gospel. Uh, okay, so cool. He records the song, and the name of that album at the time was called The Song of the Lord. Mm -hmm. The record label comes back and says, we want to title the name of your album after God Chaser. 
So I ended up getting a title track from something that I was <laughs> sharing <laughs> in a moment of worship. Not to mention that Tommy Tenney ends up coming to preach at the church. And I was able mm. to share this story with him, right? Wow. Had no intention. The second thing wow. that happened was Tasha Cobbs happened to be the worship leader at that church. And she goes, bro, we had already recorded one uh, album, of, which Chris played drums on, actually, mm. called uh, <laughs> Smile. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> called Smile. And she said she she got a deal and she goes, Bro, I need some music. I need some music. I was like, Well, I have this one song called Love You Forever. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> She's like, I'm so recording awesome. that song. My point is <laughs> there was no intention of, oh, we're mm. gonna make it big with this song. Oh, we got so good. All we wanted to do, and Chris knows this, we used to carry our own equipment. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like this is you show up with your keyboard. Right? Oh yeah, and it—it's not even in a case. It's right. just, <laughs> yes, blankets. It's just, you, you know what I'm saying? But that's the heart of it. And still, yeah. till this day, that's right. I get so many people that ask me for songs, but if I don't hear anything, mm-hmm. I'm not sending you anything. I can't. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't want to be a B side. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's what I mean? So good, I want to make sure it's for you. So. Yeah, Vaughn, all that you said, man, I hope everybody listening is hearing that these things that are happening is songwriting in your local church and just songwriting, period, is not something that you can force. It has to be mm-hmm. just organically or make it, it has to happen organically, but you've got to be discerning enough to discern uh, the, the, the time of all of that and to, um, you know, to make sure that you are able to steward those moments well and that mm-hmm. God breathes on those things that we do in innocence. It's like he breathes on that stuff and he takes it wherever he wants to take it. But it comes from a pure place, it comes from a, a pure place. And God honors that, man. All right. So let's move on a little bit because I don't want to keep you all all day. But you all have been hitting on a lot of the stuff that I want to talk about. So, all right. A few minutes back, we talked about um, Vaughn, you and Jeremiah both were talking about developing your in-house songwriters. Um how, I guess, how do you do that? How do you develop those in-house songwriters? Um, but before you answer that, this just came back to me. I want to reiterate what you both said. A key thing to writing for your local church is be- making sure that you are connected to that church. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying you're just there as a hireling just to play, but you're actually connected to the visionary. You're connected to the vision. You're connected to the people. Mm-hmm. So that you establish relationship, relationship with people. And that way, when you do your new songs or you have new songs, you've, you've already created a rapport with these people. And that helps the song go over. And it helps you get honest critique from your songs because you are connected to the house. You cannot write for a house that you don't live in, that you are That's a part right. of. I don't care how skillful you are a songwriter. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the song is going to tell itself. Yeah. The song is going to tell whether you just wrote this just to fulfill this, uh, you know, obligation. This ain't really the sound of our house. Like, this ain't really us. This is you. So being connected to the house is very important. So when you're developing those in-house songwriters, what do you do? How do you do that? How do you know, oh, I might have some people who can write with me or that also write. That developing in-house songwriters so that the sound of the songs is ref- a reflection of what's happening in that house. Jeremiah, whoever want to take it first. Yeah, man. I, I would say, 
for, for me personally, the first thing that I'm looking for before I'm even looking for how, if, if they have a sense of lyric or melody or, you know, arrangement or any of that kind of stuff, I'm just looking for faithfulness and, and character. And so I've had a lot of young people who come up to me, um, you know, and, and I'm sure Vaughn can relate to this. When you have younger people who see older people who's had some sort of success in, a, in the area that they want to grow in, you know, the first thing they're going to usually ask is like, how do I get on that path? And, and I literally tell them, just be a yes person. Like show up and say yes to whatever is asked of you. Wow. Go rap chords right now. In Jesus' name, yes. <laughs> Go stack those chairs. Yes. Go, I mean, and if you're willing to like say yes to that, and 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 and, and here's the thing, like, and we I never promise them anything on the back end of that. If you do these things, you will no. Like right. show me that you're willing to do the things in the secret when nobody cares. And if you do that, then I'm gonna hey. little by little, I'm gonna give you more opportunities because that's exactly how the Lord works. You know, he, he gives more to those who are faithful to little. And so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is just uh, recognizing uh, where they're gifted at. And really one of the things I tell people is like, Hey, let's not press the gas pedal on that area. Let's press the gas pedal in this area. Mm -hmm. So somebody might be coming in going like, well, I not only want to be a songwriter, but I want to be a song singer. And then I have to go, that's not going to be your best contribution to the kingdom because your voice isn't the best voice. But man, you have some killer hook ideas or you have some amazing lyric ideas and don't discount those gift mixes for your lack of voice. Because even though you might not be the next Tasha Cobbs or Jeremy Riddle or whoever, fill in the you know Brandon Lake, vocally, man, like... God still can use the fact that you come up with awesome hooks and you can, you can, you have some great lyrics and you have good themes and stuff like that. So that, that's a part, partly my question, my, uh, my answer. Yeah, man. Yeah. Speaking into that, the, the, a community of song. Oh, the joy. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to use, uh, I'm going to use your response to the next time. So that's not going to be your greatest contribution to the kingdom. That's right. perfect. Right. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, well, here's for me. Um, I, I try to discern the heart of it, right? Uh, because again, just like uh, what Jeremy was saying, not Jeremy, Jeremiah. Sorry, just gave you a whole new name, um, <laughs> uh, Elder Carlson. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, um, was saying when you've had success in a lot of, you know, in a certain area, there are people that want to kind of connect to you. And, and, I, and I've learned that uh, the sad truth is a lot of them are not even connecting to learn. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them are connecting, hoping that you put them on, whether yeah. they deserve to be put on, whether they have it or they don't have it. And what I do uh, one of my methods, I make them wait. Yeah. I want to see if you'll still be here. I want to mm. see if you if you want to stick around. Um, there's this, um, it's so funny. I had um, uh, a rare experience was there's this uh, young lady at my church. Her name is Diamonique. Um, oh, my God. Her tone and her voice is just so, 
it's out of here, man. It's just one of those things, one of those voices that immediately when she starts singing, you know who it is. And you guys know how rare that is, especially now. Everybody sounds like they're everyone else. And so she was traveling with us. Um, I became the worship pastor at our New York campus while being the music director over the other campuses in Chicago. Mm. That was fun. Um, (laughs) uh, Which I'm in love with New York still. Um, and I miss him very much. Um, the, 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 we were on a flight. We were preparing for an album. And she goes, you know, she was like, Vaughn, can I ask you a question? She's so sweet and so humble. She's one of those people. So I didn't have to do a heart check. She was like, I really would love to learn how to write songs better. So you know me, Chris. We get on the airplane and I go, you know. I said, well, let's write a song on the airplane. We need, we need a couple more songs. You know how it goes. I was like, we got a couple of hours. She was like, a couple of hours? That's that's all? I was like, how much more time do you need? But then, of course, <laughs> in my mind, I'm forgetting. You know, we're used to those, you know, you got two-hour sessions to write a full song. So yeah. anyway, I said, no, it's going to be simple. promise you. So we sat on the airplane, and we wrote that great name, which is on the, the last, the last uh, uh, project. Yeah. Well, that's one of the ways I developed. I didn't have to make her wait because I saw her heart already. But with That's the good. others, I really waiting, man, is so important because you develop the other things. I always say this, and I should actually get a shirt with this on it. So if any of you guys do it, it's cool. I just want a percentage. <laughs> but I always have this saying, serving <laughs> is the gig. That's the it. gig is serving. I have learned, and I, 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 was, I was thinking the other day, Chris, about sitting in the room, like you know this, like we I'm serving these artists and serving my pastor, I was privy to conversations I was not invited into, but I was able to get wisdom from by being where I was called to be. Right. And that information prepared me for what I'm doing now and probably for what I'll do next and next and next. So my way of developing is finding out whose heart is ready for that, finding out who can take information and and turn it, take seed and turning it, turning it into fruit. Mm-hmm. Like that is the key. If I give you I'll give you another thing I do is I'll give you this. I'll just give you this this little thing, right? And I'll see what you come back to me with. Right. Because I'm not going to keep throwing seed in the air to see which way the wind blows. Right. So I have to find out if this is worth my time. So that's it. I mean, waiting and seeing who takes the information and 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 turns it into something. Mm-hmm. Right? I think those are, I mean, everything else, you know, Jer- Jeremiah, like, literally, <laughs> he set the bar. Yeah, like all of that is so key. Seeing the the intent and the heart of those songwriters, because we all know. Uh, I mean, the Bible tells us, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth is gonna speak. And, and your pen will write. And your pen will. I was just about to say it. And your pen will write. <laughs> That's good. We know, we know where your heart is by the the sound the sound of that pen. Yeah. It it tells every time. This is not elevation. That's a great conversation to have, by the way. Yeah, yeah. This is not Bethel. They're doing what they're called to do. This is a maverick. Yeah, right. And that's a key thing to say because uh, I will, you know, uh, you know, leave names out to protect the guilty. 
But one of the, the, the biggest things that I've had challenge with lately is how many people are trying to get me to help them become the next Maverick City. Mm-hmm. We already have one. And they're, yeah. they're, they're doing what they're called to do. Thank right. God. Let's right. let them do that and do what we're called to do so that we can be a support and not a carbon copy of a great original. We don't need That's it. Right. This is in Vegas. Elvis is That's dead. So good. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, good. Let's just do what we're called to do. I'm sorry, I got his third. No, that's that. no, that's no. That helps tie all of this in um, as we bring it to a close. When you do what God has assigned you and given you to do, um, from a place of sincerity and a, from a place of not chasing ambition, not chasing a platform, not trying to get on, not trying to be the next big such and such, God honors and breathes on that. All of the friends that we know, industry wise and even not industry, but who are successful, almost, they almost all have the same, uh, the same story line. I was just faithful serving where I was and God breathed on it. And now I'm still being faithful. It's just a bigger platform that I'm serving faithfully on. And like, yeah. that's what it is. Like I, I yeah. like that really, it's key for everyone that's listening to know and to really take root in. I know you're listening for the five steps to write a great song for your local church. I know you're listening for the the five steps to write a great song that the nations are going to sing. That ain't no (laughs) service is the way serving. That's right. Is the way and staying connected to your local church and staying connected to those God ordained relationships and cultivating that will help cultivate the sound of your church. It'll help you recognize the season your church is in. It'll help you um, doing those original songs. You'll know what songs are for your personal time and what songs are for the corporate moment. Man, you all dropped so many gems. Like we would probably need a, a whole nother podcast for each point that you all <laughs> like I mean, this stuff was like golden, and the fact that I got both of y'all at the same time, like oh, it's man. a win for me, man. You all are so amazing. I just want to thank you both for your time today, but what you all offer to the body of Christ at large and your local church bodies, what you all do uh, so faithfully and so genuinely—that's the word I really wanted to use. So faithfully and genuinely, it rubs off on people. And it's very contagious. It makes people, it forces people to 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 adapt to that type of heart posture. And everybody isn't willing to do that. But I can speak personally that both of you all have that gift of being contagious with the posture of your heart. So thank you so much, man, for thank you for what you all do, the songs that you write, the songs that you write, <laughs> um, <laughs> all of that, man. I know it's going to be a blessing to your local churches. And to the nations at large, man. So as we close out, man, Vaughn, tell people how to stay in contact with you. Um, hey, you know, call we, me. We um, find you whenever you <laughs> My number is Eric Coat. No, uh, I'm everywhere. It's the same spelling. Vaughn Phoenix, V-A-U-G-H-A-N. And Phoenix, just like the mythical bird for Jesus. P-H-O-E. N-I-X, so Von Phoenix. <laughs> and that's everywhere else, uh, or everywhere online, it's the same. 
Sweet. I'm trying to get my TikTok up, so pray for uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can just find me at Jeremiah uh, TNC, as in the Never Claim, my former worship band that no longer is a band. <laughs> just too lazy to create a new handle. <laughs> right. Uh, that's cool, man. Well, as you know, Open House Podcast family, I see it all the time. I was brought up in a house where my parents told me, well, whatever happens in this house, it needs to stay in this house. But here, the Open House Podcast, what happens in this house does not have to stay in this house. So please make sure you share this content. Tell somebody about what we talked about writing for the local church, man. And we'll see you next time at the Open House. See y'all. Thanks, brothers. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah.